0: Today's title is going to be Mountains Being Moved. And uh, there's been a lot of shifting, a lot of movement, a lot of changes. The spirit of the Lord is moving. He never stops moving. Um, I believe right now some people are going through some difficulties of mountains that you feel like, man, this is a mountain in my life. I just can't get this thing to move. I can't get it to break. I can't. it's been difficult, <laughs> and um, and it was funny because I do these, um, I do these, I do these uh, these coloring pictures on my phone that I like to do like late at night because it helps me like, you know, uh, calm down my day of busyness. And so last night I was doing this picture, and this it had this big old buck on it. And, and I was like, it made me laugh because when I first moved here, city girl, not a country girl, <laughs> it snowed really bad that year. And it, the first year we were here, it snowed a lot. Like you couldn't even see your hand in front of you because the snow was that thick. And the snow like came up to about here in this back door that I was trying to open. Well, I'm not thinking the snow is going to stop the door from opening. I'm like, the door is going to open. I'm not thinking snow. And we we don't get snow in Texas. It's very, very rare we do. So this is my first year here, and I remember going to the back door, and I remember um, opening it up of the building we were in at that time. and. This big old huge buck is running towards me. I'm talking about like the big buck, like, like if you were to get a hold of this buck, it would be on your mantle of all mantles. Like it was that huge and it had big horns. Like it had lived a long life because the more horns they have, the longer the life they've lived. <laughs> and this thing comes running at me and I'm like, what in the world do I do because <laughs> he's running and I see him running through the snow and he's running fast and not even realizing that I had opened this door so he's still running towards me and I freaked out <laughs> I remember running inside and shutting the door but I couldn't shut it fast enough because the snow was caught up so much on the door it was so high the snow I mean this okay this is me coming from a city place and dealing with all this and it was hilarious to me and I was just like what in the world was that (laughs) and and so last night I'm doing this (laughs) these coloring pictures on my phone that I do and this big old buck is on there and I just start laughing and it brought me just so much joy and I just started asking the Lord about it, and I was like, God, why would you give me this random picture of a buck? Because all the pictures I have on there, they're like nature of boats and rivers and streams, and then randomly this buck comes on the page. And I just started asking the Lord about it, and I was like, Lord, what is that, what does that even mean? Like, what are you trying to talk to me about? Well, Back then, I didn't take heed that it was the Lord. It just freaked me out so bad that I had, had it happen, and I didn't think anything of it. So last night, the Lord began to tell me. He's like, well, you got to search this out, Alice. You got to search it out. So as I'm searching it out, um, the deer represents strength and agility amongst, um, amongst trials. And it also, uh, it also points to God's empowering presence that equips us to face adversity with confidence. Who would have thought, right? (laughs) If you would have known the season I had that year, it was full of trials because I didn't know how to do nothing here. I didn't know how to live in snow. I didn't know that I had to change my oil to a different kind of way of doing oil in your car so your car wouldn't mess up. I didn't know nothing because we had never lived in a a region that had really cold temperatures. And so everything was like a trial because I didn't know how to do nothing here. And so I had to learn. So I was like, man, if I would have looked up that back then, I would have been like, God, like you're you're giving me the strength. You're giving me the agility amongst the trials. You're giving me, uh, you're saying God's empowering you to, in his presence and equipping you to face the adversity you're about to step into. And I would have been so like uh, excited about it at the time if I would have known what it meant. But I was so consumed by my surroundings and the challenges and all of that that I never really searched it out. And I believe right now that's where we are, like some of us. It's like we have some trials, we have some adversities, we have uh, some things that we're working through. And um, it, it, it actually pulled this from Habakkuk 319. The Lord is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet sturdy and sure like hen's feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence of my high places of challenge and responsibility. And so I, I started pulling from that scripture. And then, you know, I also started thinking about Romans 828. We know that God calls us everything to work together for the good of those who love, who love him and called according to his purpose for them. So even though there are trials, there's things, there's difficulties, there's the mountains there, I'm telling you, he's saying, <laughs> Be in the presence, get the strength uh, it's going to be okay. You're, 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 get the strength of the Lord that I'm trying to pour out to you and agility amongst the trials. Um, it, it's here for us. So, um, I've always seen the mountains and whenever I see the a mountain situation, the mountains were never meant to be like a difficult thing. We see them as a difficult thing. But it's it's our perception on how we're seeing the mountains. And so um, I was thinking about this praying this morning, and it, mountains were supposed to be about encounters. They were always supposed to be about coming closer to God. God was going to cause you in your mountain situations, your difficult trials, your difficult situations to come up higher in the mountain to be with him. And I'm going to I'm going to read to you because Moses would go up to the mountain to pray. That was his place of prayer. That was the place of intimacy for Moses. Um, let's go to Exodus 3 real quick. We just thank you Jesus. Yes, sword and so let's start with verse one now moses was tending the flock of jethro his father-in-law the priest of median and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to horeb the mountain of god there the angel of the lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush moses saw that though the bush was on fire it did not burn up so moses thought i'll go over and see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. In our mountain times, God's calling you. In the trials, in the things you're dealing with, he's trying to get your attention to call, to call and listen to him calling you. And your response should be, here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer, God, said. take your sandals off, for the place where you're standing is a holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. You know, a religious mindset says the word holy means without sin. Like, it's like, it's like like without sin, like, oh, I want to be holy. The religious minds would say, oh, you have to do blah, 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 blah to be more holy. You know, if you're sinless, that makes you holy. What holy means here is to see, he wanted Moses to see the beauty of who he was in intimacy. He wanted to bring an encounter to Moses in this moment to say, hey, Moses responded, here I am. And he's like, I want you to see the beauty of who I am. I'm not talking about holy being, you being perfect and sinless. I'm talking about holy encountering me in intimacy that you've responded to the call of me calling you up higher in the midst of everything else. He was working. He was up, he was working and guarding his father-in-law's, you know, stuff. And and the Lord is calling him out. And the Lord says, let's go to verse 7. I have indeed seen the, the misery of my people in Egypt. He's talking about the trials that the people were under at this moment. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, meteorites, if you're, I'm probably tearing these all up. High, <laughs> highlights, Jibbeah sites, you know, everybody, all the people. <laughs> Let's just sum this up. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, See, we we go through the process of going through things. We go through the process of going through things. And then our response is, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Because our perspective changes. And all of a sudden, we're not looking in his eyes and seeing his beauty and who he is, even in us, that we're coming from a stance is, I'm nobody. Who am I that you're going to send me? Who am I that you're asking me to do this assignment? Who am I that you're asking me to start this ministry? Who am I? And you go through this whole process and God said, I will be with you. He doesn't say you can't do it. He doesn't come with discouraging words. He's giving you confidence like, I'm going to be with you. Like, don't retract from what I'm asking you to do. I'm with you. Then he says, and then this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. So right there, we know the mountain was always supposed to represent the place of worship. What, in a now time, our place of worship, we were singing it all morning, our place of worship is our place of encounter, our place of seeing the beauty of who he is and being caught up in that beauty in such a way that nothing else is going to affect us. But we're too busy staring at the mountains in our lives that we forget about the encounter and seeing the beauty and who he is. So verse 13, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, see, these these are our thoughts in our mind. The God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, what is the name? Then what should I tell them? And God says to Moses, see, this is God telling, giving Moses strategy. So not only is he saying, Moses, this is your assignment, but he's also giving him strategy how to talk to the people. He's filling his mouth. And God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am has sent me. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. We were talking about the generations. He's reminding Moses, this is just not happening now. (laughs) Like, I'm the God of all your ancestors. (laughs) I'm the God of all the the generations past. Let them know how powerful this moment is, that it's not just about a now moment of you encountering me. I'm telling you, tell them the God of your ancestors of the generations past has sent you out to a now time to, to bring them something that I'm sending you to do. And this is God's response. This is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation to generation. We were singing about the generations this morning. Verse, 15, verse 16, go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he tells them again, appeared to me and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Meteorites, Pyrteites. Let's go on. <laughs> and then not only does he tell them about all the generations he's pulling out at that moment, he's saying, I'm just not going to pull you out and then just walk away from you. I'm going to pull you out, and I'm going to lead you to a land full of milk and honey. Yeah. So he comes with a promise. And he's like, I'm just not just going to give you a, a pull you out of your trial. I'm just not going to pull you out of the situation you've been battling, the, the struggle you've been having. But now I'm going to take you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And the verse 18 and the elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord, our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform amongst them. And after that, he'll let you go. We know what happened after that. Vengeance are not mine, says the Lord, right? there was an injustice here the trials the things that you're going through right now it's unjust it's not the lord having you go through these things but his hand comes in and begins to change and move things and he begins to get even the egyptians attention of what kind of god he is he's like you're messing with my people (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know (laughs) let's go to gangster mode now (laughs) it's like you've messed with my people too long you've had them in slavery it's unjust i didn't give you permission to do this you're worshiping another god that is not the god you're supposed to be worshiping you're going into all these things you're living in rebellion and i'm stepping in and now you're gonna feel my hand not because i want you to feel my hand but because i need to set my people free and they need to step into freedom. <clears throat> Number, uh, verse 22, every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in our house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters so you will plunder the Egyptians. Yeah. He's telling them you're going to have victory. I'm going to pull you out of your trials, of all this stuff you're going through. I'm going to give you a promise of milk and honey And then you're going to be provided for, because I'm giving you strategy how to do all this. See, I believe that's where the Lord has us right now. Um, Every time that there was an affliction on the people, he wanted them to come up higher. He wanted them to come to a place of encounter of intimacy, because it was only in the place of encounter of intimacy where they would find the solutions. And a lot of the times what happens with our own knowledge in our mind and what we've known to be, sometimes we won't want to go into the new things he has for us because of fear or because not understanding or because I've never done it before. And you retract and then you don't do what God is telling you to do. You end up retracting and going back to what was comfortable for you. You end up retracting and going back to what you used to know. Well, what I used to know was religion. So now I'm going to pull back on religion because that's what I used to know. Uh, Or I'm going to go back and I'm going to go back to uh, (laughs) you get off the path of where he has you is what I'm saying. Because you're looking for a comfortable place. And God right now is shaking things and moving things and making us feel uncomfortable on purpose. Because grace is lifting off some of the areas where you've been before. And he's saying, it's time to move now. It's time to pick up your things, get out of this place, and move to somewhere new. Because let me tell you why. and my experience with the devil, if if you're in a certain place through the spirit of the Lord too long, he finds out where you're at. He finds out where you're weak at. That's why when you go to battle, you don't stay in the same place all the time. They would pick up the soldiers and move them to somewhere else because the word was going to get out of where they were. And how could they have victory if the enemy found out where they were? And they would come in in the middle of the night and plunder them. Look, this is is like little nuggets here. It's just the flow of the spirit right now. I'm just being transparent with you. The Lord is just saying this. He's like, sometimes we got to get to that uncomfortable state. We got to get, get out of those places we knew to be. And we, it's our choice in response to the Lord if we're going to move or not. They could have stayed there. They could have said, Pfft. They could have been in unbelief. They could have been in rebellion and stayed there and not left to go to the land of milk and honey. They could have stayed there. They could have said, no, you know, we've been in slavery for all these years. I don't even know how that's possible. Some of us say that. I've been living in this same house for I don't know how many years. I know because I started doing it living in my apartment. I was like, man, I've lived here for almost uh, da-da-da years. Okay, Jesus, I'm just going to sit in Thanksgiving and just sit here. And the Lord's like, no, I have something better for you. He has the better for us. But because we're comfortable and we get to a place of agreeing, of being comfortable, we don't move into the new land to possess the new land. Thursday night, we were in here. And I know... Some of you didn't get to come. But I'm going to tell you right now, they were singing about the rain in here and how the rain was coming from heaven. I believe Melissa was, was singing about that. And I started thinking about I'm going to pull it up because I was just, like, getting all kinds of things. I was trying to take pictures as much as I can. Deuteronomy 11.11 11 says, but the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. (laughs) He's like, I'm trying to take you to your place of encounters with heaven. The rain's going to come. I'm going to saturate the land. And then you get to drink from the rain from heaven and, you, and, and your blessings and your favor, everything starts to come in that. Because from one day to the next, it was a, it was, it was a short span of time. When they left Egypt, they left with way more than they should have. Jesus, God came in, flipped the script for them, and said, now you're going to take, I mean, they left very blessed. They left very blessed with all kinds of gold and silver and clothes and 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 herds of things and all this stuff from one day to the next they left blessed because they chose to agree with heaven with God and what God was speaking at that moment and they they could have stayed there they had been slaves for all their life some of you. God's trying to take you out of your slave mindset and teach you how to be a son and a daughter. He's trying to change your mind. You get up every morning and say, renew my mind, God. Renew my mind. That my mind is aligned. We've been talking about alignment. My mind is aligned with the heavens. Why? Because he doesn't want you to settle anymore. Matthew 17, verse 20 through 21. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to that mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I'm telling you, he's saying, do you trust me? Do you believe in what you're reading in your word? Do you trust me enough to to understand that, Uh, Have you ever seen a mustard seed? They're teeny, teeny, tiny. I remember because the last gift I gave my mom before she passed was a necklace with a mustard seed in it. And then that's when I moved to Ohio. And that was the last gift I gave her. And I said, Mom, never, ever forget to have faith. Because the size of a mustard seed, you'll carry it around your neck to remind you every day that that small seed can move mountains. Uh-huh. What you think that you just have a little, well, you know, I just have a little bitty amount of faith, you know. I just can't believe big the way that you believe. That, that's why we ended up getting this picture back here years ago when we first moved here because we wanted people here in Ohio to begin to transform their thinking to think big. To think greater for their lives and not settle anymore for where they were at. He was like, I I want people to understand that I'm a big God and I do big things. Of course, he would send a girl from Texas where everything's big there. (laughs) Right? He's funny. (laughs) You are awake now, right? (laughs) But recently here, I just have been feeling like this hope and this joy for our region. Look, we've been here for five years. This past August made it, I believe, five years we've been here plowing and pioneering here. Which is his grace, of course, because there was no other way you, that was just one incident, the buck incident, that was just one. <laughs> I have many stories, <laughs> I don't have time today to share them but um <laughs> but through those moments and what he wanted to do here in the region, um, i didn't I, I couldn't you cannot consume yourself in the midst of trials and the midst of 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 things being hard and difficult. You have to keep your head in the heavens because if you don't, you'll give up, you'll retreat, and go back to where you came from. There is many times the devil would come tell me, "Um, What are you doing here? You have no family here, you're all alone here. Pack up your things, go back home, just leave everything. And let me tell you, when you're going through trials and tribulations and you're going through things, It's real easy to agree with that. You're like, maybe it's time. Maybe I got to pack up my things. Maybe I got to get out of here. But that's not God. You know, people have to align themselves with heaven because God's trying to position us for the blessing. He had to take them out of what they knew, move them somewhere new to a new land that they didn't know in order for them to be positioned for the favor and the blessings to come. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, you feel a little shaking is because he's trying to move you into somewhere new. He's like, as soon as you align yourself with the heavens and the way that I think and I'm already seeing your future, I know your steps. I know as soon as you say yes and you go from point A to point B, the blessings are, boom, going to fall down from heaven. You know what kept the people going around the mountains for 40 years? They didn't believe God. They were in rebellion. They were in unbelief of God. They got to a point that they got consumed with their wilderness, that they were no longer seeing things through heaven's eyes. They forgot about the beauty and who God was holy in their life that they spun around that mountain for 40 years. And some right now, the devil wants us to be there. He wants us to entertain the thoughts that he's bringing you to keep you around the mountain in the pattern of the past to make you think that you're not hearing God and he's trying to pull you in and entice you by making you feel a certain way because you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I'm getting shaken. Man, I've never gone to these levels with God. Man, I've never uh, entered into this place of faith with God before. And then, he, and then the devil's coming and trying to pull you back into past patterns, and you go back to doing what you knew how to do in your comfort zone. But what God has for you is so much more. It's favor, it's blessings. He's like, just listen to me. Align yourself with me. Come and position yourself where I'm trying to put you because then my heavenly reign will come. Like in Deuteronomy 11, 11, my, my reign will come. And not just rain for you, but for generation after generation after generation. God's doing something right now with our families. I'm telling you, he is stepping up and he is doing something with our families. And our families, even though you think even certain family members are just so far away that they'll never get it, they're going to get it. And it comes from your yes to what you're doing right now affects your family. I could have gone back home. I could have packed my things and I could have gone back home in the midst of my trials my family would have gladly responded with me and we would have gone back home because we went through lots of trials when we first came. But the Lord kept telling us, look at it through my eyes. It's about the people. I was reading the other day and it was was so good what it said. I don't remember where I saw this. You know, the demonic things and the devil can only live in the people. It can't live in the things around you. So if you agree with him, he will use you as that vessel for himself. It can't go into a chair. It can't go into a table. It can only go into people to be used for the, for the darkness if you allow him to. So God is saying, don't be used of the darkness Be used for the light. Be consumed by me, not by your trials. Start to see the holy, the beautiness in who I am. Fix your eyes on me. Let me send the rain of heaven upon you as soon as you position yourself where you're supposed to be. And then you can have your deep encounters and intimacy with him that he's trying to take you to this season because he's not a surface God. He's relational. So I had a. I'll share this short testimony, the bits and pieces. I had a family member call me the other night. We were having a discussion. My family, they don't understand numbers. They don't understand colors. They don't understand the pro- the prophetic, because we were never taught. And I had a family member call me up and say you know, I just keep seeing this number over and over again. And it was the number of my classroom. And they're getting hungry for more of God. I can hear it in their voice. And it surprised, their their response was, isn't that so weird? (laughs) They were like, isn't that so weird that that would happen? And I'm like, ding, ding, (laughs) <laughs> i'm like it's not weird it's jesus he's trying to show himself to you and you're going to laugh when i tell you the number that they've been seeing okay because if you're a part of this house if you've been a part of this house you will understand this is god <laughs> but the number they kept seeing was one 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 the one one one. The the triple ones the the ephesians 111 I mean, Apostle Pete has preached and preached and preached, which is attached to a Deuteronomy 1111. It's attached to the blessings of God. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you're messing me up. (laughs) Because I know this person is not not into the prophecies. They've been Catholic all their life. They've never been hungry for anything more than that. And they call me up and they tell me this. I just keep my classroom number was 111. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And they're like, God's trying to speak to me, but I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> so I sent them a picture of my 111 in my house. <laughs> and they were like, oh, my God, I can't believe you have that in your house. This is, this is so weird. <laughs> and I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> We don't call it weird though. We call it uh exciting and Jesus speaking to us and it's the prophetic and it and it just brought such joy to my heart. The hunger that was there. Because when it see when it's somebody else, you get excited. But when it's your own family that you've been trying to break these things down with them and they start getting it, you're like, you know it's Jesus. <laughs> and so (laughs) I started seeing the breakthrough even in our region here and for five years I would pass by this house and they had this statue and when we first moved here I saw the statue and I was like oh my god it represents the religious mindset the religious spirit here and for five years every time I passed by and saw this statue I would pray over it and I would say God let them see God, let the people here see. God, let them open their eyes to see, right? The other day, I passed by that same piece of property, and they had an eagle with its wings spread out in front of the other statue. For five years, they had the same thing. And then all of a sudden they put an eagle with its with its with its wings spread out, which represents to me vision. And I'm telling you, if you have not read Apostle Pete's two articles he just read, go read them. They're on his Facebook. Because as soon as you begin to align yourself with positioning for Jesus to do what he's telling you to do in obedience. Then you start to see the shift and things move on your behalf, not because we've done anything, but because he's doing it. He's coming and he's plundering the enemy himself and us saying yes to him, repositioning ourselves, even in the uncomfortableness, even in the things that we don't want to do. Because let's be transparent. You may not want to do what he's telling you to do. But as soon as you do it, and he brings down the rain of heaven upon you and your family and your grandkids, and it just goes on and on, you're going to start seeing the Lord working on your behalf. But I saw that, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Five years, they have an eagle. It represents the vision. There's an alignment of the region. One of the articles he wrote, now I'm just going to take a little piece because you got to go read it. You got to get the whole thing of Apostle Pete. But he talked about, I think even last Sunday, he shared about the ground crying out for God. And that's part of the, our region here, crying out for God. Even if the people don't get it, the land is going to get it. <laughs> The land will get it because the land is moaning and groaning for what? The sons and the daughters to wake up to know who they are in him and to begin to function like a son and daughter in the kingdom of God to take possession over the land. And as soon as you take possession over the land, then the heavenly rain will come and favors in that heavenly rain and things that you thought were impossible will be possible with the faith of a mustard seed. It was so good. I'll take it. If y'all don't want it, I'm like a, like a, like a, that's what you need to say. You need to raise up your hand. You say, I'll take that, Jesus, and I'll take that, Jesus. I want the heavenly rain, Jesus. Yeah, give it to me, Jesus. Thing. you keep your mouth shut and it's like well how bad do you want it come up here come up here come up higher where your mindset is in heaven and you're no longer seeing things in a natural mindset and so if you want breakthrough at your job speak to it your sons and daughters with authority speak to your job why don't like this? Why don't like? Well, that's why the people walked around the mountain for 40 years. They just complained. They complained and complained and they were mad and they were ticked off and they were frustrated and they were angry. And they did it for 40 years, and they lived their life thinking that was the way to live when it's not. And God's saying, come up here. Come up into the mountain of encounter. Come up to the mountain of intimacy. Come up here where I can speak to you and I can give you strategy. How many more times do you want to go around the mountain? How many more times do you want your sons and daughters to do the same mistakes you did? Cuz that's what happens. You don't mean for it to happen, but it happens. Oh man. How much do you love your family? This past week, I just threw myself at Jesus' feet last night, just thanking him for even the tidbit that I saw of change in my family. Because that's been years of prayer. But I see where God is bringing it back around. He's bringing back around the blessings and the favor to your family. If you quit being rebellious, and rejecting what he's trying to give you. Stop being a complainer. Be a declarer. Be a person of authority in who he is, who you are in him, and speak to the things to begin to move and to change around you so that way he can show up in the midst of that and make it happen for you on your behalf. See, God showed up for the people when they were trying to get out of their slavery and he made it happen for them. I was I was listening to somebody the other day and they were like they said every time rain came in the desert lands every time Water came in the middle, in the midst of wilderness. You can read all over scriptures about rain and water and rivers. And they were talking about the river this morning coming in this place. And every time it was talked about, you know what the real reason for that happening during that moment? It was to bring them hope and joy. And it was to get them to wake up, to begin to open their eyes again, to align themselves with the way that He was seeing their situation during that time. The crying out came from the people and he responded to the crying out and he says, okay, now if you just see things the way that I'm trying to get you to see it, then you're going to receive all the blessings and the favor. And I was like, wow, I was like, sometimes we're in a wilderness and we're crying out for the rain. And he's like, I'm trying to send the rain, honey but you want to stay where you're at. He's like, I'm trying to get you to pack up and move. Go to the promised land with me, with the milk and the honey. <laughs> I released a, a word in February about the apostolic hubs. I wrote an article on it. And it was about the apostolic hubs becoming A place of honey houses that the honey was going to begin to come forth of the Lord in these apostolic houses and how the horses were being set free which represented the ministries and the ministers that rode on the horses were going to begin to have freedom again because I had seen the Kentucky Derby and all the gates were all open and no none of the horses were in their gates and when I released that this past when we had our movie night when we had our movie night the presence came in here so heavy that night nobody was doing anything the presence of the Lord came in here so heavy that I remember I sat down here because I felt unctioned of the Holy Spirit to take a moment to hear what he had to say and as soon as I sat down I began to see the mountain. The whole front of the sanctuary here became a mountain. And when I looked at it I was like I was like, "Oh no." Like <laughs> a mountain like <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> and then he says, "No, you're not. You're, look at it again." And when I looked at it again, the mountain started crumbling, and as it started breaking open, the honey began to come out of the mountain rock and started flowing and flowing down and i was like it's time it's it's happening now in the spirit and it's time for the honey houses to open up and I began to see in the spirit that when the honey came, that people were coming up to the altar, and they were grabbing some of the honey, and they were eating it, and it was giving them strength. And as they were coming up and eating it, it was healing them. And it's so funny, this morning, we, if you drive by any of the local honey places around here, they say, be healthy, eat honey, local, local. In the natural, we see it around here, but this happened in the spirit. And then I was like, Hold on, cuz I'm looking for my scriptures. I have so many notes and I was putting them everywhere. I'm like, Lord help me. So I'm gonna take pieces of that prophetic word. Proverbs twenty-four thirteen. It's the ones that believe and that think they will have victory you have to believe in the victory. Proverbs twenty four thirteen says, eat honey, my son, for it is good. Honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Psalms 81, 16, but he would fill you with the finest of the wheat and with honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. He's trying to bring us satisfying taste of his sweetness of who he is to know that he's a good God and he hasn't left us and he's with us he's like I'm gonna crack open the hard places the hard rock what does the rock represent him he's the rock he's the rock of yours and my salvation so it's him opening up and pouring out the honey from it from himself unto us of who he is as a good father and he's saying come eat from me that's what he was trying to tell the the disciples at the table he's like eat my eat, eat the bread drink the blood i'm sure some of them got offended what in the world what did you say people would be offended with it now But he's like, eat of me, eat of the land I've given you, eat of the fruit that comes from me, begin to eat straight from me and I'll bring you healing, I'll bring you favor, I'll bring you blessings. And it says, um, Deuteronomy 32:13, he made him ride on the high places of the land and he ate the produce of the field and he suckled him with honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Not only is honey trying to come out, but there's fresh oil. What Apostle Pete said it this morning, he says, when the oil comes, it makes things easy. It doesn't make things hard. Proverbs, uh, uh, let's see. I'm just reading some of my notes here. <laughs> Psalms 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came, came to me. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I, were I to count them, they were outnumbered, the grains of sand. His thoughts towards you are good every day. I've had people say, the very position they're supposed to be at, I've seen how the enemy has lied to them and made them feel shameful about mistakes they've made. And they don't have an understanding that his thoughts towards them are good every day even through their failures, through their mistakes. Some of you, through this, through this message, might start feeling bad. But that's not what the message was for. It's not to come make you feel bad about your decision. making. He's saying, wake up. I'm going to send you the rivers. I'm going to send you the waters for you to drink from. I'm going to be your provider in all things if you just let me. Let's just stand this afternoon. there was so much that I had. Isaiah 52, seven, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Psalms 104, 5 through 9, he set the earth on his foundation so that way it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with the garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took flight. The mountains rose and the valley sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. He made way for them. He's making way for each one of you this morning. The mountain will be moved by you coming up higher, by you being in a place of intimacy with him, and you knowing he has a great purpose and destiny for your life that looks nothing like your struggle or your trials you're going through right now. God, we thank you, Lord. That you're breaking yourself open for us in this moment, Lord. And that through you, the honey's gonna come. The oil's gonna come, Lord. <laughs> and this will be our golden season, God, where nothing will be hard or difficult, God. But your blessings and your favor, Lord, would come dripping from your fingertips this morning, Lord. And we will understand that we serve a good God, a God who's good, that his thoughts towards us are good every single day, Lord. Help us, Jesus, to align ourselves with heaven this morning. Oh, that we get mesmerized by your beauty of how holy you are, God. And that we never have a second thought of unbelief lord help us with our believing god help us with us to believe god that you will make a pathway for us to go through every single time to get to the promises of the milk and the honey you have for us this season god you are not a liar you're faithful god and god we declare pick up your hands You got to learn to pick up your hands when you're declaring. (laughs) We declare, Lord, (laughs) to eat from you today, Lord. To eat of your goodness, Lord. To eat of your honey, Lord. That every trial, every obstacle, God, that you would take us off going around the mountain to coming up the mountain, God. And having encounters and intimacy with you, God. And let it be changed change to our lives god change us lord change our way of thinking god change, change the past patterns of being in our comfort zone god begin to shake things off of us where we're not supposed to be and we're supposed to be, do this season god let us see your light amongst the dark things god god today we take possession of the lands you've given each one of us god We step forward to take possession of that land so that way your heavenly rain can come and fall on us this morning, God. We pray for the heavenly rain to come upon us today, Lord, that it would saturate us, God, that it would help us to see the way that you see, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.